You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Court Cutting Still Doesn't Beat the Cable Bundle by Brian Barrett I'd like to cut the cord. It sounds fun. I picture myself wielding cartoonishly large gardening shears poised to sever the nearest coaxial cable. I rejoice in the thought of my newfound freedom of sending my Charter Spectrum account to that great big cancellation form in the sky. And then, the very instant I allow myself to picture what life looks like after that figurative snip, my reverie comes crashing down. The long-promised future of television is becoming the present at an ever-accelerating pace. Last week, Disney announced it would launch an ESPN streaming service next year and another for Disney Prime in 2019. This week, YouTube trumpeted a major expansion of YouTube TV, its live streaming offering. At this point, you can also get live television from Sling TV, Hulu, DirecTV Now, and PlayStation. You've already got Netflix and Amazon Prime Video. You can watch specialized content from Crunchyroll, Anime, Screambox, Horror, and the WWE, Wrestling. You can even mess with whatever's going on in those third-tier Roku channels. Unless you're a rabid CISO fan, NBC will shutter the comedy-focused streaming service by the end of the year. The choice part of the future of TV has shaped up quite nicely. You can get HBO without cable, also CBS for reasons still unknown. Soon you'll be able to get ESPN, and then Disney itself will go streaming in 2019. You can subscribe to so many things. And then, the flip side, you have to subscribe to so many things. What I mean to say is this. Cutting the cord is absolutely right for some people. Lots of people, maybe. But it's not that cheap, it's not that easy, and there's not much hope of improvement on either front anytime soon. Not to turn this into a math experiment, but let's consider cost. Assuming you're looking for a cord replacement, not abandoning live television altogether, you're going to need a service that bundles together a handful of channels and blips them to your house over the Internet. The cheapest way you can accomplish this is to pay Sling TV $20 per month, for which you get 29 channels. That sounds not so bad, and certainly less than your cable bill. But 
Sling Orange limits you to a single stream. If you're in a household with others, you'll probably want Sling Blue, which offers multiple streams and 43 channels for $25 per month. But Sling Orange and Sling Blue have different channel lineups. ESPN is on Orange, not Blue, while Orange lacks FX, Bravo, and any locals. For full coverage, you can subscribe to both for $40. Bucks. But have kids? You'll want the kids' extra package for another 5 bucks a month. Love ESPNU? Grab that $5 per month sports package. HBO? $15 a month, please. Presto, you're up to $65 per month. But don't forget the extra $5 for a cloud-based DVR, plus the high-speed internet service that you need to keep your stream from buffering, which, by the way, it'll do anyway. That's not to pick on Sling TV specifically, but paying 70 bucks to quit cable feels like smoking a pack of Parliaments to quit Marlboro Lights. You run into similar situations across the board, whether it's a higher base rate or a limited premium selection or the absence of local programming altogether. It turns out, oddly enough, that things cost money, whether you access those things through traditional cable packages or through a modem provided to you by a traditional cable operator. In fact, it's worse than that. Even things that are supposed to be free, namely broadcast television, somehow wind up costing extra in 2017. CBS wants you to pay 6 bucks a month for CBS All Access, a streaming service that largely comprises the same shows you watch on CBS itself for free, either through your cable company or with an antenna. It's able to do so because it's hiding shows with devout fan bases, a new Star Trek series, and a spin-off of The Good Wife behind a paywall instead of sending it out over the airwaves. If television today is an a la carte menu, all access is tap water that costs extra because a barback dropped a lemon in it. I do not want to eat at that restaurant. I'll stick with the buffet. It's not just about the money. You can absolutely, without question, get a cheaper streaming plan than you can a cable plan, if you're willing to live with gaps in your channel lineup. What I'm more worried about, though, is gaps in the experience. Or maybe potholes is a better word. Any streaming service that's not on BamTech, the company that underpins MLB TV, HBO Now, and WWE, among others, which Disney this month took a majority stake in, still suffers sputters and stutters, especially during appointment television. They've all gotten better. It's hard to say that any of them has gotten great. Then there's the issue of local programming, bearers of the major network shows and the local news and awkward today patter. Because local stations often aren't owned by the broadcasters themselves, the rights to stream them come as a patchwork. The safe assumption for most people is that you can't get a full complement of local stations without an antenna, which requires living with an antenna on your wall and an over-the-air DVR setup that's more complicated than it's worth. Credit to YouTube TV, at least, for only opening in markets where it has secured rights to three out of four among NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox local stations. However, even after its recent big expansion, half the country can't still access YouTube TV. And then, fast forward a few years, as more networks offer standalone streaming options. 
What now takes a quick flip through one set-top box menu would then take switching apps, essentially navigating different interfaces, hunting down shows rather than discovering gems that just happen to be on. You already do this when you hop over to Netflix. Imagine doing it for everything. I don't say any of this gladly. I pay too much for cable, and the Charter Spectrum interface feels barely evolved from War Games era design. But bundling cable with my internet bill makes both a little cheaper. Knowing that all the channels I might want to watch will not only be there, but will actually function, makes for one less thing to worry about, one less annoyance to dread. My traditional cable service has also managed to evolve just enough that I have some hope for its future. Charter has a Roku app, so I can still get that live streaming experience, and I don't have to rent extra cable boxes. It's a great reminder of how convenient streaming television can be, and also how clunky. I want Buffy, not buffering. I realize that these make for some tepid arguments in favor of a traditional cable subscription. I'm not convinced stronger ones exist, but I'm certain that it passes the only test that matters. It beats the alternative. In fact, cord cutting's not even close to cable. But if it ever gets to the point that it is... I've got my gardening shears at the ready. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.